Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I am very thankful not to be preaching today. We are going to have a special guest preacher. Uh, actually, it's our evangelist here, uh, Brian Bragg. So, you know, I was supposed to be gone, but uh, as much as I wanted to be spending time with the saints in Montana, those three uh, big commitments that I made, um, just been pounded by the scripture that let your yes be yes and your no, no. And I uh, haven't been able to make that yes happen, so I'm really, really been hammered. So uh, anyway, if you'd pray for those three big commitments, uh, that's super important. Uh, it's, it's really a demonstration of my faith, and because I dropped the ball, it's pretty crushing. So I'd appreciate you doing that for me. Uh, that's why I stayed home. Uh, that's why I have, you know, thinking of going to Montana. I put all those Bible studies on hold for a week, so that's allowed me to get one of them almost done. So, praise the Lord on that. So with that, keep praying for me if you would. I'd like to get those done before the end of summer. <laughs> that's really important before the end of summer. So, hey, here we go. These are the announcements. Uh, men's meeting was the 4th, but it needs to be changed to the 11th, 11th after the morning assembly. So June 11th after the morning assembly, a men's meeting won't take but maybe 45 minutes at the max. And uh, also, too, uh, Cynthia approached me this morning and asked that if you're interested in uh, having any of your stuff at your house sold at a garage sale, is that what you call it, a garage sale or a yard sale? Yard. yard sale, okay. Garage sale sounds a little sketchy. Yard sounds better. So a yard sale at the Johnson's this weekend. But if you could drop your stuff off there, uh, uh, Friday, this coming Friday, correct? Yeah, 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 there you go. That would be great. Uh, yeah, drop off setup to make sure your name's on and whatnot. Uh, Memorial Day, obviously, coming up tomorrow. Uh, remember, Memorial Day is not to thank the veterans who are still alive. It's to be deeply thankful for those who gave the ultimate sacrifice uh, for uh, our lives. Uh, my wife said that we are uh, going to be watching the, uh, what's it called? The Last Full Measure. And I would encourage you, uh, without the children around, to uh, actually watch that movie. That's absolutely amazing about a, a Medal of Honor winner uh, who received the Medal of Honor for what he did, The Last Full Measure. Pretty amazing movie. Uh, let's see, Father's Day is coming up. Uh, barbecue, I love this one, Barbecue. Family movie night at the Drillingers. How many remember the one we had here, was it last year? And it was on a Sunday afternoon and, and uh, that barbecue. How many remember that? Uh, man, that was awesome. Well, they've tweaked it just a little bit so, so the Compsons could participate in the movie night. <laughs> With some others too, I'm sure. Uh, and, and that's going to be Saturday, July 22nd. And then a G4 Summit's coming up. We got free t-shirts. For everyone who's coming, but I need to know your t-shirt size. I'm not getting personal or anything, but if you want a, if you want a free t-shirt, uh, got our super good designer doing them, and uh, so pretty excited about that. So, any other announcements that I might have missed? Yes, we have a birthday today. I'm not singing for that person, so if somebody wants to jump up, that's fine, but thank you for reminding me. Tanya Johnson, you give the best hugs. You should definitely give out more hugs. You should definitely give out more hugs all around. 
There's a tongue-in-cheek in that one, I can tell. But seriously, you're the best. You rock. Let's give it up for Tanya Johnson. There's a little insider joke on that one I heard being spoken of as I walked up this morning. Charlotte, Charlotte, this one's for you. It is so nice to see you with us on the Lord's Day morning. It's sweet. Let's give it up for Charlotte. Thank you for coming out. Yep. You probably know this one. Jeff Drillinger, thank you for your sincere love of the brethren. I have another one here for Jeff Drillinger. Mr. D, I like it when you speak the word of God. Max, let's give it up for Mr. D. And when someone gave me this one, I thought it was interesting. It says, somebody. <laughs> so who do you want me to give this to, right? Then I read it. It says, uh, somebody at the last Thin Blue Line Coalition dinner told me we need more Bill Comptons in the world. I couldn't agree more. Thanks for being such an amazing man. Love you, brother. Whoever that's from, I'll, take, I'll keep that one. What? That was who? Who wrote this one? Brian Bragg did? Okay. All right. Thanks. There you go. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right. I, uh, I get to announce the next speaker. You know, I, I, we, we laid hands on Brian Bragg. Uh, I don't know, what was it, a year, half ago, two years ago? And uh, I'll tell you what, it's been really amazing. Uh, he truly is an evangelist at heart. He loves to kick in doors and throw in the, what he called the flashbang grenades, both in real life and in the spiritual realm. And I really appreciate that, the old gospel grenades. And uh, he's been working on several hearts and several souls at uh, Springfield Police Department and uh, some of them are, are uh, coming right online. Uh, uh, there's a particular few that I will mention, but not uh, on the video. Anyway, I sure do appreciate his willingness to serve our community, but also to serve the Lord's community, the church. And so uh, let's give it up for Brian Bragg. <laughs> Love you, brother. Too. Where are you going? Hey. I'm leaving. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> We gotta sing happy birthday to somebody. Okay, all right, yeah, here we go. Right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. Day over fifty. Yeah, man. And I get senior discounts now. I love it. Woo! <laughs> Good morning, everybody. It's great to be here. I tell you what, I, I, I don't know how, you know, in about four weeks, I, I miss assembly because of work, right? Like, it's just kind of the way it works. But, um, well, I'm sure, sure thankful to, to be here. You know, thankful for all of you, my brothers and my sisters, and um, just to be of, of the, the right heart and the right mind, be with you guys, is, is very encouraging. You know, I, you understand when you're here why God set it up that way. You know, you said it this morning, you know, it can be a little bit lonely out there, you know, as a Christian at times, you know. Right. Um, so how refreshing it is to, 
uh, to come here and, and to, to be, to be part of this. And, you know, uh, you know, the, the struggle's real, you know, I mean, the world is, is just a nasty place right now. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's really that much different reading the Bible from the old Testament, you know, I mean, there was, there was a lot of nastiness, you know, going on from the very beginning, you know, um, but it, you, we just keep persevering. You know, how many people have we have we seen read before us, especially our king, that that made it through, right? Yes. Right. Um, let's go to Matthew 16. We're going to start there. Um, you know, a passage that we're we're all pretty familiar with, uh, beginning in verse 24. It says, "And Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross.'" And follow me. For everyone to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What good will it do a person if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what will a person give in exchange for his soul? For the man, for the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and will then repay every person according to his deeds. And truly, I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, some of these passages, you know, we just read and we're like, yeah, that's, yeah we, should, we should probably do that, right? Um, if you deny, must deny himself, right? Deny yourself. Is that a simple thing to do? It's not, right? It's not. It's not a simple thing to deny ourselves. about taking up our cross, right? You know, you think about the physical crucifixion. And they have to drag their own cross, you know, out there, right? They're dragging that thing, and, it's, it's, that, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a heavy load, you know, to go through after all the flogging. And if people even survived to get to that point, right? Most died before they even got to that point. And so, they're, so you're denying yourself. You're, you're, you're dragging your cross, right? Every day, right? And you're, and you're following... In the easiest set of footsteps there is, right? In the footsteps of Jesus. That sounds like quite the challenge, right? Well, you better be prepared for that challenge. And we're going we're gonna to work on some of that. We're going to read the parallel verse here in a little bit. But you know that, that, you know that God, you know that God wants us to make it? Do you, do you know that? It may, it may not seem like that sometimes. But you know, you know, Eric said it this morning. It's like, you know, the things that, the tribulations that, that we come up against, what? That builds us up. God says it all over the place. They're meant to make us stronger. God wants us to make it. In fact, he wants every soul to make it. But he says that in 2 Peter chapter 3, and verse 9, right? He wants all what? All to come to repentance. God wants everybody to make it. And he wants us to make it. Right? Even though you may not think that sometimes, he wants us all to make it. You know, uh, the title of my sermon, yes, I titled my sermon. Yes, mark it down. It's like maybe the third time in how many years. You know, it's hard to beat someone who never gives up. And that's actually a quote from one of the ugliest looking baseball players that you've ever seen. Right? Babe Ruth. What, really, one of the greatest baseball players that looked like the worst fat old man athlete that you ever saw, right? 
But he said that. I mean, you, you look at that guy, like, you're like, this guy's a... Well, I love that about baseball players. A lot of baseball players, like, you know, we're not athletes, we're just baseball players, you know, <laughs> which can't which can be true at times. But Babe Ruth said that. You know, it's kind of a quote that's, that's given to him. But God tells us that all over the Bible. And the fact that we should what? Persevere. Perseverance. Perseverance is never giving up. It's hard to beat a person. It's hard to beat someone who never gives up. So it's about being strong and courageous. We heard that this morning from Scott. We heard it from others. We've, we've been hearing it for a while now. I think God uh, is kind of giving us a theme here that he wants us to live by. To be that strong and courageous individual. For him. Living for him. You know, it's interesting, I, and I picked this up reading some of the verses out of Revelation after you were done this morning, Scott. And it says in Revelation 21, 8, it kind of lists those that aren't going to make it, that are destined for the lake of fire, right? And it talks about the murderers and idolaters and the liars and, and all that. You know what the list starts with? The list starts with two different people. Cowards yep. and the unbelieving. That's what that list actually starts with. Cowards and unbelieving. God does not want you to be a coward. God does not want you to be an unbeliever. And he says, if you are, you're destined for the lake of fire. Even if you've been immersed in the name of Jesus Christ, it's, it's, it's not a for sure thing. You're not in just because of that. Right? We all know that. There's work to be done. He wants us to be strong and courageous and to be believers. Right? As we read His Word, do we believe those things? Do we make the application? Do we believe three stood there and said, but if not, but if not, go ahead and throw us in there. Because we're not bound down to your idols. Do you believe that? So important. So do we really believe? God wants us to be strong and courageous, not cowardly and unbelieving. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're very thankful, Father, for another day that uh, you have blessed us with, Father. Just so thankful uh, to be here to, to lift Jesus up. So thankful for him and uh, what he has done and continues to do for us as we look at strong and courageous. Wow, it's just Jesus, right? That's the definition that, that, that he gave us. He showed us uh, what it was to be uh, just that, Father, and, and, and with such an amazing attitude uh, to go along with it. So we just pray that we would be inspired, uh, again, to follow in his footsteps, uh, Father, to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily as he did. Just pray for your blessing upon the lesson. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's go to the, the parallel passage in Mark, Mark chapter 8. Mark 8, beginning in verse 31. Right, it says, in, pick it up in the middle, and Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days arise from the dead, he was stating the matter plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, right? But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you're not setting your mind on God's purposes, but on man's. 
And he summoned the crowd together with his disciples and said, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, whoever loses his life for my sake, and the gospel's sake, will save it. But what does it benefit a person to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? And what could a person give in exchange for his soul? For, listen, whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. That sounds like not being a coward. That sounds like not being an unbeliever, right? Be strong and courageous. Stand up as Jesus did. Now that, that comes with, with some consequences, right? Because the devil's going to come after you. It's, it's weird how that happens. Like there'll be times I'm on a call, not even my call, and I'm standing off in the corner somewhere. You know, maybe it's a, a dispute call where it may, may have got physical, but I'm just there. Just there to make sure. Maybe I'm the third officer there. And I'm like not saying a word. Not trying to make eye contact. I'm, not, I'm just trying to make, I'm over here just in case something happens. And, and inevitably, almost every single time, you know who they target? Why do, they, why do you want to call me out? I'm standing over here doing nothing. You know? Now, am I standing there with some presence? Sure I am. You know? But it's like they want to, you want to, you want to look, you want to, you want to challenge me? Of all people, why, why is that? It's, it's odd, but the devil's the same way. The devil is going to target you because you're strong. Because he knows if he takes you out, right, how many others might fall. Right. Consider if Bill is taken out. Consider if Bill decides, you know what, I am, I am so tired of getting hammered, I am done. What happens? How many? How many might fall away because of that? Right? So we, we have to strengthen each other. Because the devil's the one that's coming after us. Go to Acts chapter 14. There's, there's just something about this, about Paul, that I just, I just absolutely love his mindset. You talk about not being a coward, right? Not being a coward. In Acts 14, beginning in verse 19, it says, But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. That's important. Remember that. Jews came from... Antioch and Iconium, and having won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, thinking that he was dead. Right? They came from a different place, stoned him, believed he was dead, dragged him out. Like, good. Mission accomplished. Paul's dead. But while the disciples stood around him, he got up, and what did he do? Ran away. Oh, no. What to say? He went back into the same city, where he was just stoned and basically almost killed, right? And the next day he left with Barnabas and Derby. And after they had preached the gospel to that city and had made a good number of disciples, they returned to Lystra, where? To Iconium and to Antioch. The same places where the people had come from that wanted to kill him. He's just going to go right to their home and do what? Preach the word. Not a coward. Not afraid. And as we read about Nehemiah, Scott's done a great job this month. You know, we talk about Nehemiah, right? Who he he went up against a lot of stuff. You know, guys, guys building walls with one hand and holding a weapon in the other, but believing in who? Believing in God. 
that God was there. And if he's not, well, but if not, we'll take whatever comes at us. We're not going to bow down, right? Paul goes back into the city that very same day and then goes to the cities where those dudes came from. Like, bring it on, right? You talk about just a soldier, right? Not afraid, not a coward. You know, when you talk about, talk about training, we talked about that last time I was up here, about the training, right? And putting on, putting on that armor. We got we to put it on every single day. We got to choose to strap it on and go and stand and not be cowards. Let's go to James chapter 4. So we're talking about never, right? We never ever give up. James chapter 4 in verse 13, it says, Come now, you say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not, do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. For you're just a vapor that appears a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. Right? We don't know. You're just a vapor. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know if today is our last day. God does. Put it on every single day. Don't be a coward, right? I talked to a, a fellow officer, somebody I didn't really know a few years ago, and Jeff's name came up. And so we're talking about him. And you, you know who he referred to Jeff as? Oh, the Lord willing guy. Because what did Jeff say? Most of his years. I'll right, we'll see you tomorrow, Jeff. Yeah, Lord willing. Just those simple words. Right? And so people knew what Jeff stood for. And I can't tell how many other people I've talked to that when his name comes up, talks about that. What a good man he was. What a trustworthy person he was to work with. And boy, if you wanted something detailed, give it to Jeff. Because he's going to detail it out. Right? You want to do inventory on something? Maybe a search warrant you've served? Yep, Jeff's the one doing all the inventory, man. It's, it's, he knows it's going to be right. Oh, the, the yeah, Lord, the Lord willing guy. That's what he was known on. That's, that's pretty awesome. Of course, we think about this verse, right? Because Jeff knows. Who knows? We don't know. Lord willing, we'll be there, right? Just a vapor. We don't know what's going to happen. And what about a, a sense of urgency, right? Shouldn't that, shouldn't that give us some kind of sense of urgency? Like, we don't know. Like, it's different. Like, you know what? I've got about, you know, 22 years left. I can pace myself. I know when it's coming, you know. But we don't know. There, there should be a, a sense of urgency in our lives. Because we don't, we don't know when that last day is. We don't know if that person that walks in front of us, that we're the one that God has put forth in front of him to share. We don't, we don't know. I always thought about, whenever I think about the sense of urgency, when I run in sawmills, you know, the, any, any downtime was money, right? Like, you broke down, like, it was, it was a mad dash to get that thing running as fast, you know, as you could. And, and it, just people, people hated me because I'm just like, you know, trying to get up there, trying to get things done. And this that sense of urgency, and it drove me nuts because people would just be walking around. I'm like, I'll be yelling at my mill rights. 
you know, get up here, you know, let's go, we got to get going, you know, and there's times we would just bubble gum it together, you know, just to get it running, and just hope that it, that, it, but people are like, what's, what's your problem, like, it's, it's, it's that sense of urgency, people don't have that sense of urgency, they didn't have it back then, and a lot of people don't have it now, you know, they're, they're lazy, there's this laziness that has taken over, you know, this, this world, you know, we, we got we got to have that. Let's go to Second Peter chapter two. When you think about, you know, Paul, and it's just like, just amazing to know, you know, what what that dude must look like in the end, physically. You know, because he talks about all the time, all the all the beatings and the imprisonments and the. And just all that stuff he went through. Like, how's that dude even still walking? Right? You know? Had to have been in a lot of pain. You know? Had to have been. Because some, probably some of that stuff just healed the way it was. Right? And yet what? What did he, what did he keep doing? He kept going. See? He kept going. He had that sense of urgency. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it back here or make it to this next city. I'm going to go. Right? Putting himself in, in those situations. He had that, that sense of urgency. In Second Peter chapter 2... Beginning in verse 4, it says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness and hell for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, right? And he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction, uh, to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example of what is coming for the ungodly. And he rescued righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the perverted conduct of unscrupulous people. Right? But what he saw and heard, that righteous man while living among them, felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds. Does that sound familiar? Well, I'm telling you what, this, you, you, thankfully, most of you don't get to see it, but this world is ugly. I see the ugliness every single day. It's ugly. There's nasty things going on in this world. Protect your children. Protect your grandchildren. Nasty, nasty stuff is going on, and nobody really knows about it. It's not talked about, but it's happening. There's an evilness that, that I have not seen, and it's getting worse. And you have to understand that. So in verse 9, it says, And the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from a trial, and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who indulge the flesh is corrupt passion and despise authority. Boy, I tell you what, that's happening too, right? There is absolutely zero respect out there for anybody. If people are going to disrespect me when I'm in a uniform, driving a patrol car, I'm guaranteed they're going to disrespect anybody. And it happens all the time. Just even driving. It doesn't even matter. Like they'll blow by me, they'll see me, look over at me, flip me off, keep going at 75 miles an hour. What? What? just disrespect right and i don't need it i really don't care but still it's just the, the fact is there is that disrespect right let's let's skip down to, to verse 17 it says these are springs without water and mist driven by storm for whom the black darkness has been reserved all the people that we're talking about and again that includes what the cowardly and the unbelieving for while speaking out arrogant words of no value, they enticed by fleshly desires, by indecent behavior, those who barely escape the ones who live in error, promising, promising them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of corruption, 
by what anyone has overcome, by this he is enslaved. For if, after they've escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first, right? We're talking about what? Really, those that have believed, those that have become Christians. What? You can go back. You can get sucked back in, right? And we talked about this before, but I think people lose that sight. Well, I've been immersed. I've, I've, I've got it. No, no. If you continue living for the world, you don't. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, to turn away from the holy commandment, handed on to them. As happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit. Well, that's nice. And a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire. I love God's pictures, don't you? I love his descriptions and his pictures. He's very straightforward, very simple, right? Because yeah. if you want to go back to doing that, well, it's like going back like a dog returns to his vomit. That's disgusting. And that's what happens. And how many times have we seen that? Right? I think all of us have known somebody, or multiple, unfortunately, somebodies, that has decided it's better just to go do this. No, it's not. It's because they're not true believers. They don't really believe, right? We talked about how many people will be affected if any one of us, right, walked away. Decided, this, this isn't for me. Let's go to Revelation 3. This is another great one, right? Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll work part-time. that good, Lord? I'll just be a part-time employee. Just kind of, you know, hang out every now and then and do some things for you. But in verse 15, it says, I know your deeds. Do you know that? Do you believe that? I know your deeds. That you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. Right? Choose. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. God doesn't want part-time employees. He doesn't want part-time Christians, right? He doesn't want part-time sons and daughters. If you're not going to be hot, then go ahead and just be cold. Because lukewarm ain't going to cut it either. See, if we do it halfway, it's still not enough. And again, here's the great description. God's going to just vomit you out of his mouth. And then we're destined for the lake of fire. The only two types of souls. I, I picked up a couple. Um, I can't remember where I was listening to some old stuff, or maybe I read it um, from Steve Doty, right? There's only two types of people, right? Lost ones and found ones. Lost ones and found ones. They're lost or found. That's it. Two types of people. Or my, one of my favorites is, is, uh, is not having my axe and 238s isn't enough, is it? Right? My axe and 238s is not enough. Does that sound like, does that like, sound like Steve Doty? Yeah. Totally sound like Steve Doty, right? So this is, this is just the beginning of our what? Of our voluntary enlistments, right? We all signed up for this. We all signed up to join this army. And guess what? You're on the right side. You've joined the right side. Right. You, already know, you already know who wins. Right. I love winning. 
right? I love the fact that I know that I'm already on the winning team. There still takes some effort on my part, right? But we don't, we don't lose. Man, I, I started pulling green chain when I was 15 years old. I was a short, fat little kid. Man, I, you know, I'd worked around the house, done some other stuff. My mom had just left. You know, I was just a mess. Dad comes in, my birthday, turning 15. You know, he gets me up at 3.30 in the morning. I didn't, I didn't know, what, what are we doing? He's like, get up, I'm going to work. And I had done some office work at 14 years old, but I really couldn't go out and do anything until I was 15, you know, as far as actually bone ring chain. Hit up, we're going. What? Yeah, let's go. Had new boots and everything for me. Oh, this is going to work. Get out there as this fat little kid, 15 years old, pulling green chain. Wood came out about three deep. And you had to pull your width and your length and get it off there. And if you didn't get it off, guess what happened to that wood if it went past you? It got thrown back at you. I got, still got scars from that first summer. Took one in the eyebrow. Took one in the chin. But all I could think about was my dad. Because as we got there, that first day, he's like, don't quit. Don't quit. I wanted to quit, believe me. That was, that was a painful experience. But it also built me up into something, something different that first summer. Summer of when I was supposed to be having fun with my friends and playing baseball and doing some other stuff, right? Instead, I'd get up at 3.30 every morning. I'd sleep on the way to work. I'd work my 8 or 10 hours. I'd sleep on the way home. I'd eat dinner. And I'd go to sleep. And that was my summer. Because I was wore out. Right? But every day I got up. Did I quit? Didn't quit. Didn't quit. Right? Taught me how to work. And that was super, super important. Set me up for success in life. Is what it did. Because I didn't, I didn't quit. Because I didn't stop. And there were times I did. I remember we had to step off the the green chain to, to stack our eight foot two by fours. And we'd always build our wall first. We'd always go seven layers and stickers, right? I, we had to build a wall and I was stepping out and I missed. And I came down right on the metal, metal rack and it just ripped my shirt and just shredded me right through the chest, you know? And I fall down, come down, I get back up, keep going, right? And the guys are like, hey, uh, like, I don't care. Gotta, gotta work, gotta go, you know? And it took one of them Running up to my dad, who was general manager, he comes down. He's like, "Get up here!" And so we had an argument right there on the green chain. I'm like, "No." He's like, "You need to get up here." But got cleaned up, new shirt, right back down there. Right? See, we can't quit. We got to. We got to keep going. No matter what, no matter what the devil throws at us, it doesn't matter. You know, you look at you look at Jesus and, and how many times he was tempted by the devil, right? And does the devil fight fair? The devil doesn't fight fair, right? You've got to be aware. And I was talking to Scott about Nehemiah, you know, today as, as he saw some of the things going on, you know, not only did he trust in God, but Nehemiah had to use his own brain and figure out when he was gonna get set up, right? Like this is a setup. I know this is a setup. God would not want me to do this. That's wrong. And that's a setup. We got to be smart while we're doing this. 
right? We've got to be strong and courageous, use the brains that God gave us and the tools that he gave us to overcome. You don't have to go there, but you know James 4, 7, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, right? Yield to God. Let God go first. Then you fight the devil. Then you resist the devil. And he will flee. He will run away. Then we have to be strong enough to go help others, you know? It's a 24-7, 365. It's a work, right? That's why God calls it a fight. Why he says it's a war. Right? We are the devil's worst enemy. But we can build it. Remember who, who read the, that we, we can, you know, hasten the day of the Lord's coming. Right? We can finish building the living matrix. And that living matrix is made up of souls. Right? Wouldn't it be cool to be the one that immerses somebody and that's it? That's the one that triggers it? Man, we're immersing somebody, bring them up, all of a sudden the clouds, but what in the world? That was it. You were the last one. Right? I mean, we don't know. We don't know. We can, we can hasten, hasten the day. And as we talked about, why do we act surprised, as, as Eric talked about? First Peter chapter 4. Why are, why are we surprised? Why, why, why do we act like it's, it's such a, such a, oh my goodness, what's going on? In, in 1 Peter 4, in verse 12, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fire ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though something strange were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on, what? Rejoicing. So that the revelation of his glory, you may also rejoice and be overjoyed. Why would you rejoice at the revelation of his glory? Because you made it. Because you weren't cowardly and unbelieving. Because you continued to fight every single day. Don't be surprised. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. And I might say what? Rests in you. Fullness of deity dwells in bodily form inside of us. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or a thief or evildoer or a troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Well, we know that. And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God are to entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. right. (sighs) Doing what is right. Right? And it's not easy. We talked about denying ourselves, taking up our cross. That's, that's, That's a lot. That's a lot. But God has given us the tools to overcome. See, in, in, in 2 Timothy 2, 26, times ago, there, it tells us that folks are caught in the snare of the devil, being held captive by him to do his will. What about Judas Iscariot? It talks about what? The devil what? Entered into him. We have to understand the opponent that we're fighting. And to be prepared, put it on every single day. It's hard to beat someone who never gives up. 
right? It's hard to beat someone who never gives up. Now, that can work two ways, okay? Because the devil, is he ever going to give up? Not until that last day. So I understand it's going to be hard to beat him because he's destined for the lake of fire and he knows it. So it's going to be hard to beat him, but understand on the flip side, which is the more powerful side, is that he's not going to beat us either because we're not ever going to give up, right? Don't be cowardly. Don't be unbelieving. You have it in you to overcome and to win. Believe it. Believe it. Galatians 6, 9 says, do not go worry and doing good for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up. Thanks for listening. Amen. What did Jesus say? He said to go. It's never day. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. Keep fighting. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.